So glad you're here today. I, uh, you know, I'm proud of our church. I'm thankful for our church. Um, I'm so thankful for our, the generosity of our church. This is our child that we uh, support through compassion. But that day that uh, this is a scarlet, and, and I, I think today is an important day to remind us to pray and engage uh, with our, our kids in Nicaragua. And um, uh, we need to keep them in our minds and our hearts and keep them in front of us. But I'm proud of the way our church uh, responds to needs like that and, and are generous. I'm also grateful for a church that runs into the spiritual battle. That, that's what we're called to do. We're, you realize that we're in a spiritual battle. Right now, one of our church members, I've been praying for daily for him. He is uh, training to be a PJ. I don't know if you know what a PJ is. It's a uh, part of our, in our military, it's part of our special forces. And he's made it through the um, what they call Hell Week, and he's now in the training for being a para jumper. PJ means para para jumper. He's in dive school right now, and if you think about it, uh, tomorrow and Tuesday is one of the dive school is crazy hard, like stupid hard, and. Um, and so tomorrow and Tuesday is his final evaluation for dive school. It's very, very hard. And, uh, and, and as I was praying for him this week and I'm reading uh, this week, I, I came across a quote uh, in this book I was reading that said this. It said, um, um, sweat in training causes less bleeding in battle." And I thought that was really a great quote. And as I thought about Nate and um, um, prayed for him, I kept thinking about our spiritual battle that we're in. We're in a spiritual battle, right? My, my granddaughter is going to be born on, supposedly on May 16th. It's going to be a great day. When this little girl is born, what's going to happen is we're going to put her in a crib with pads all around her. And uh, it's going to be like, oh, she's going to be cuddled and it'll be sweet. But you know when we're born again? we immediately go into a spiritual battle. We don't like get it padded, you know, things and cuddled. We go into the battle. And that's the spiritual battle. When, when you're saved, what happens? God transforms everything in your life. He moves you. He transforms you, right? That's what happens. We, when, when Christ comes into our lives, we're, we're impacted in every way. And, and I love the PJ model because it, it, it really is a beautiful description of the Christian life. Because the model for a PJ is so that others may live. And there's a reason we don't get saved and immediately go to heaven. Why? Why don't we just go to heaven right when we're saved? Because we have work to do. We, we are to walk with the Lord, and God uses us, and God moves in us, and, and as a follower of Christ, we are one of our values as a church, is that we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ to the world. And I'll tell you, when I look at the environment of our world right now, oh my goodness, the world needs the Lord. And this is the time as believers for us not to shrink back or us to doubt the Lord. This is the time for us as believers to to walk with the Lord. 
And this is the call. In spite of the environment that we are in, we are called to walk with the Lord. It's why 1 Peter is so valuable to us. If you have your Bibles in 1 Peter, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1. And, and we've got to remember that Peter is writing to believers facing very difficult circumstances. The government was corrupt. I mean, you talk about uh, tyrants. Uh, some of these leaders in the time of First Peter makes Putin look nice, you know, in some ways. And, and it, was un, it was a terribly, uh, uh, there was no fairness. This was a, a horrible environment that, that believers were called to go serve the Lord in. And, and Peter's writing, and we looked at the first part of chapter 1, and it's this hope in the midst of the horrible trials. And now we're moving into a different um, part of, of, this, of this walk with the Lord where, where we're looking at, excuse me, obedience to Christ. The, 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 the results of salvation, when, when Jesus saves us, it moves us to, to run into the spiritual battle, to, to walk with the Lord, to, to trust the Lord. And, and I'll tell you, I am grateful for the environment that God has called us to right now. Because we are living in a world where it's becoming more and more obvious that people need Christ. And this is the time for us as believers to, to be strong. Look at verse 13. That's where we are today. First Peter 1. We're going to look at verse 13 through 16. Would you stand and let's, let's let God's word speak today. And um, we're looking at verses 13 through 16. And let's, let's engage this. Therefore... Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you. you. may be seated. Now, it's interesting. Several years ago, I went on a mission trip um, to Mexico, and I was reading this book called The Barbarian Way, which was a, a really great book. It's by a pastor in California named Erwin McManus. And it just struck me because at that point, my kids were little and... and uh, as he was writing about the, you know, the mentality of a Christian is, a, is kind of a barbarian mentality where we're called into the spiritual battle. It's that idea. And uh, he tells a story. His son asked him a question. He says, Dad, would you ever put me in a situation that's unsafe? His son asked him that. And his dad said, absolutely, I would. And I, I just was caught off guard on that. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I can't imagine telling my wife, hey honey, I'm going to put our kids in a situation that's unsafe. Because we have such a safety mentality. I mean, I mean how, do you, how many of you remember riding in the back of a car, car window, the back window seat? Yeah, I remember, remember that was before, like, like that was cool. Rob Rizzo tells a story about going on a vacation to California, and he sat in the pickup bed the entire way, you know. Uh, it's amazing. Now, like, my, when my granddaughter leaves the hospital, you have to have, like, military car seats that the kid's like, oh, yeah, move. You know, it's so safe, right? We have this idea of safety. 
But then Eric McManus said, how many of you have asked God, God, would you ever put me in a situation that's unsafe? And the answer to that question is, absolutely he would. He does it all the time. Right now, I'm watching some of our missionaries run to Ukraine. Um, and, and following Jesus is not a call to safety. It's a call to trust the Lord. It's a call to live by faith. And, and, and you know, God doesn't call us to safety. He calls us to significance, right? Let's not forget this. Can I tell you the one way to, to really instill um, a spiritual hunger in the lives of your children? Teach them to live by faith. Stop trying to be comfortable all the time. You know... Think about John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist was right in the middle of God's will. I mean, John the Baptist is one of these guys that Jesus in Matthew 11, uh, 1, 11, 11, gave him the greatest compliment in all the world. He said about John the Baptist, nobody born of women is better than, is greater than him. John the Baptist lived his life right in the middle of the will of God, and, and he was a he was the forerunner of the Messiah, and as he's right in the middle of the will of God, he died in an unjust, horrible way. So, so the Bible's clear that sometimes God calls us, often God calls us not to safety, but to significance. And that flies in the face of our American culture of health, wealth, and prosperity, doesn't it? As I look ahead at the horizon that, that, is, that is developing in the world, let me tell you, I think that this is the time for believers to be strong. We often get phone calls like I did this week with a family in our church that's rocked us. But, but you know what? God is faithful all the time. We just sang about this. And, and, and so when you look at 1 Peter 1, 13, there's a reason that P Peter looks at these believers and says, therefore, prepare your mind for action. Point number one today is we got to get our mind right. Let's get our mind right today. Let's allow the Lord to get our mind right. Because because I, th what if God has used this whole COVID experience that we've had to prepare us for what's ahead? I think that's not a question, but a reality. And in trials in our lives prepares us for, for what's ahead. And therefore, Peter writes, prepare your minds for action. You know, when, um, you know, when Christ comes into your life, look, look, we look differently, don't we? We act differently. And, 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 and here's what I know, regardless of the circumstances in our lives, regardless of what's ahead, here's what we know, that when Christ comes into our lives, he, he gives us power, he gives us strength. And I don't want you and I to miss the strength that God provides. There's a reason that Peter says, therefore. You know, when, when you hear the word therefore in Scripture, what do you have to ask? What is it there for, right? 
He had just come out of this salvation and these trials that you've gone through. And he's looking at these believers that are giving their life for their, for their faith. And he's saying, therefore, because you, these trials are, 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 have come your way, because the, your salvation is so significant that even angels long to look into it, hey, prepare your mind for action, right? We got work to do. And, and, and uh, man, the Lord's at work in our lives. They're prepare your mind for action. Notice what he says, be self-controlled, right? Learn to, learn to trust the Lord. Learn to walk with the Lord. I love this. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Let's think about that. Jesus moves us as followers of his to, to, to set our hope, not halfway, not somewhat uh, putting our faith in Christ. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know what this shows me? That, that when tr- I don't understand every trial that comes my way. I don't understand every difficulty that we face. And, and there are many times as a pastor that, that I'm, I'm called into moments and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But I trust you today. And I know that when, then here's what I want you to see. No matter what trials you've gone, what we need to see, I need to see this. No matter what trials we face, no matter what difficulties we face, there will be a day God will reveal his plan to us. It may be heaven, but there'll be a day that we'll understand and we'll praise the Lord even for the most difficult of circumstances in our lives. There will be a day God will reveal his plan. And let me tell you something, his plan will never disappoint. I remember speaking at a, at a, at a graveside service of a family that we love deeply and have sacrificed deeply. And when I was standing and speaking at David Sullivan's funeral, and I... And I he died of cancer, and I stood there, and I said at the graveside, I said, you know what? David's in heaven right now, and he's already seen how God has orchestrated and used the loss of his son, the, the, the challenges of his life, and even his battle with cancer, and he's seen already how God has done that Romans eight twenty eight that God works all things for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I believe, and this is a statement of faith, I believe that God's plan is so magnificent that he, David, has already looked at the Lord and said, Lord, your plan is so great, I'd do it all over again. And Robin, as we left, she said to me, that's a hard thing to say, but I think you're right. Let me tell you something. There will be a day God reveals his plan of trial, of difficulty, of loss, of those moments in our lives when we have to just trust the Lord. And I'm telling you, hear me here, and I'm saying this not at you, but with you. Let's recognize that When we see the magnificent hand of God, we will never be disappointed. We won't be disappointed. 
we'll be like, wow, Lord, you have revealed yourself here. Praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And you know what, what I see here? This is, a, this, is a, this is Peter helping us pull together this soldier mentality. That's what's happening here. That, that idea uh, that when you, when you look at this, prepare uh, your mind for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you. This is a gird up your loins kind of statement. You know what I mean by that? That's what a, what a soldier would do as in, the, in the first century. He had this little tunic thing that he would wear. And when it was time for battle, he would take that tunic and he would tie it up so his legs could be free. And, and when Peter says to the believers, prepare your mind for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus is revealed... This is a gird up your loins moment. God's going to give you the grace. God's going to prepare you for the battle. But, but let me tell you, he, he's also preparing us to engage in a battle. We're going to get there in 1 Peter chapter 4. Flip over there real quick in your Bible. Verse 1. Again, you see another therefore. I'm not going to unpack it all today, but he says, therefore, since Christ suffered for you, arm yourself also with the same attitude. Because he who suffers in his body is done with sin. Now think about that idea. Whoa, what's, what's Peter preparing us? What's God preparing us for here as we look ahead, as we learn to trust the Lord? Look, uh, suffering, difficulty, it, it, it sharpens us like it does an athlete. I watched a little bit of the, of the Duke-North Carolina game yesterday. I don't know if you saw that game. I don't know if you're a basketball fan, but, but that was a big game. It was Coach K's last home game. And I was watching these players, and they, this was big. I, I heard one ticket, so, some tickets sold for like $100,000. That's crazy in my mind. And, and, uh, but, but people were, they were going crazy about that. The fans were going crazy. But those players, they weren't distracted by the fans. Why? Because they were focused on the game. Peter's going to write to us, therefore, since Christ suffered for you, arm yourself also with the same attitude because he who suffers in his body is done with sin. We see over and over again in Scripture that difficult times focus us. And this is the, the benefit, the joy of difficult times. And, and, and let's be a church that engages in the spiritual battle and, and, and we're arm, able to arm ourselves to, to go through suffering like Jesus went through. And, and tough times help us do that. And and, and I'll tell you, we need to face what's ahead of us as a follower of Christ with a soldier mentality that we're in the battle. You know what the, the most dangerous thing about, dangerous thing you could do if you're in a battle? It's to not know you're in one. That's the most dangerous thing position. And folks, let me tell you something. 
I believe God is preparing us as a follower of Christ. I'm not talking about taking up arms. I'm not talking about we're going to shoot people. I'm not talking about physical world. I'm talking spiritual world. That this is the time for us as followers of Christ to trust the Lord, to obey the Lord. That's why Peter says, therefore. um, I'm getting my verses mixed up. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And and then he starts this challenge. Point number two is so important. It's time for us to discipline our life. Discipline your life. Let me tell you something. This is the time to walk with the Lord. This is the time to trust the Lord. This is the time to, to, to engage in spiritual disciplines. This is the time to take your faith seriously. Let me tell you something. Following Christ must not be mildly important to us. And you know what I love about what I'm seeing develop in the world is that for many who following Christ has been mildly important, they've slipped away. But for those of us that are still here, we're recognizing, hey, we got work to do. Look, following Christ requires discipline. Look what he says in verse 14, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Look, we got work to do. It's time to take our faith seriously. It's time to walk with the Lord. He, He says, as obedient children, I mean, isn't that what we want to we be when it comes to the Lord in our lives? I mean, don't you want to stand before the Lord as, as, as a child that obeyed him, that honored him, that, that walked with him, that trusted him? And this is what I love about our church is without apology, we're going to push each other to, to walk with Jesus. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had. When you lived in ignorance, do you remember what it was like when you lived without Christ? Do you remember what it's like when you, when, you, when you disobeyed the Lord and you didn't even think about it? He's like, hey, don't do that. We, we as a follower of Christ are, are learning to obey the Lord even when we don't feel like it. Let me tell you something. There are times I don't feel like obeying the Lord. But let's grow up in our faith. And this is where Peter is saying, look, the mission before us is so very important. We obey the Lord even when we don't feel like it. Oh, it's so important. Worth writing down. And how do we do that? Well, look, this is what I love about the church because when I look at how God has used the church in my life, God has used the church to help me live a life with boundaries. And and can I tell you, all of us need some boundaries in our life. And and Peter is right to look at these believers and say, look, look, um, do not, as obedient children, do not conform to those evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Look, God's given us boundaries. Psalm 16, 5 and 6 is a verse I want to challenge you to memorize. It says, O Lord, you have assigned my portion and my cup. You've made my lot secure. You know what God has done in your life? He's given you the life 
you have for a reason, the gifts you have for a reason. He's given you the spouse you have for a reason. He's given you the job you have for a reason. He's called us to live in this place for a reason. Oh Lord, you have assigned my portion and my cup. And what has he done? He's made my lot secure. Look at what David wrote. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And we've already looked at the first of First Peter where, where there's an inheritance that, that we will receive when we stand before the Lord. And so let's continue to be a church that, that trusts the Lord. Look at verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. And notice this. But just as he who called you is holy. Oh, don't you realize the one who called us? The one who saved you. The one who washed your sins away, you know he's holy, right? One of the most, of the most amazing experiences in Scripture is in, is in Exodus chapter 33. That's when Moses said to God, Lord, can I, can I see your glory? I want to see your glory. And God said, Moses, you, you can't see my glory. You can't survive by seeing my glory. Let's, we, we, we often fear the, the, this thing called death, but can I tell you that it's only in death that we have the ability to see the glory of God? And, and, and Moses said, I, I want to see your glory. God says, I, you can't. So what did he do? He hid him in a, in a rock and said, I'm just going to barely pass by you. And God Gave him a glimpse, a hidden glimpse of his glory. And literally, Moses' face glowed for months. Let me tell you, the glory, you know, he's holy, right? We're going to stand before God one day. And we're going to see holiness for the first time. And we're going to be like, whoa. Well, because see, when, when you come to Christ, what happens? You bow your knee to the Lord. When we stand before the Lord, that's the most natural response to God is you, you bow your knee, you bow your life. And, and we as followers of Christ know this. And without, without apology, without hesitation, we, we say, Jesus, you're our Lord. You're our Savior. You're, you're, you're in control of our lives. You, you direct our beliefs and our practices and, and you're holy. And Jesus says, look, be holy as I am holy. For it is written, be holy in all you do. Now, now let's get our mind right here. As, as we mentioned, you can't be holy on your own. You need Christ first. It's like Chuck, Chuck Thompson is a dear friend of mine. I went to high school with him, and he came the very first day I preached here. And I, I shared the gospel with Chuck all through high school. He was dear to me. He went to Missouri to wrestle, and, and we lost track, and, and I prayed for him often. And, and, and as a high school student, I shared the gospel with him. He never came to Christ. And one day, Chuck had, had been in the adult entertainment industry. He was a wreck in his life. 
got drunk in Oklahoma City, walks into First Southern Baptist Church in Bell City, and Jesus saved him. And this is the coolest thing ever. He, we reconnected, and he called me and said, man, I got saved. Jesus saved me, and we were we reconnected in a relationship, and it was so funny because he was like, Chris, man, I don't get it. This girl that I'm living with is just not working out. I was like, Chuck, that's called sin. He's like, oh, no kidding. No wonder this stinks, man. And, and he now he's walking with Jesus and married in Florida. It's the coolest thing ever. But Chuck didn't get his life right and came to Jesus. What happened is, he came to Jesus, and then he helped, Jesus helped him get his life right. So let's get, let's get our head right here. You don't, it's not about you being religious. But when you come to Jesus, it changes you. And we're, we're moved to say, God, we're going to honor you in our lives. So let's do a Holy Spirit chop right now. Um, some of you are believers, but you keep tripping up. You keep falling into sin. That's where, that's where the church comes in. That's where authenticity comes in. That's where living life together comes in. You realize the Holy Spirit is moving us to be a part of a body, a church that, that walks together, that, that tackles this spiritual battle together, that, that like, like what I experienced Friday with a family in, in our church that we're going to walk through some difficult crisis and the challenge in the coming days. We're going to do it together. You know what we're going to do? We're going to prepare our minds for action. Be self-controlled. We're going to set our hope fully on the grace to be given us when Jesus Christ is revealed as obedient children We're not going to conform to the evil desires we had when we lived in ignorance. But just as he who called us is holy, we're going to be holy in all we do because it was written by God to be holy as he is holy. And so, can I just remind us to build some discipline in our lives. That's why we're in the season of Lent right now. Consider a fast. Consider learning some spiritual disciplines. Can I challenge us today to to seek the Lord today in our lives? You know, it says that, that like what we just says, uh, read, as, uh, you know, there'll be a day that Christ reveals his plan to us. You realize when you seek the Lord, you will find the Lord. The Bible's clear on this. Seek me and find me. You will seek me and find me. Let's be a a people that seek the Lord. Let's not look at our our days ahead with fear and trepidation. No, let's look at our days ahead and say, Lord, we're going to run into the spiritual battle. Seek the Lord. Consider what the the Lord is doing in our lives. Remember Galatians 5.22? Remember that verse? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. You realize the Spirit of God is bringing that to us. That, that's the fruit of the Spirit that is at work in our lives. And, and, and you know, when I think about love, we, we're gonna, we, we are ones that, that are moved to love one another, love our enemies. Can I ask us a question today? As we pray for Ukraine, are we also praying for Russia? 
in those soldiers. We're moved to love, we're moved to joy that God gives us this uh, outlook of faith. And I love what Warren Wearsby said about this passage. He says that when, when the outlook looks gloomy, try an uplook, right? That's a little preacherism, but, but look to the Lord. And, and I don't know where your outlook is right now. If you're stuck on the, on the news channels and you're just getting more and more fearful, can I challenge us to, to not have an, uh, have a, have an uplook at what the Lord is doing in our lives, how the Lord is going to strengthen us, how the, how the Lord is preparing us for this battle. There's, there's joy in our lives. There's peace that, that God gives us peace in the most difficult of circumstances. There's, there's, there's patience. We, we learn to wait on the Lord. We learn to, to, to trust the Lord. There's, there's kindness. We have ability, an ability to, to be, be kind to one another and, and to love one another. That leads us to do good. Goodness is part of that fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness. Let me tell you something. You can be faithful. Can, can I just remind you that the Holy Spirit, when He comes into your life, gives you more power than you think He does? Well, I don't want you to miss that. That, that there's a grace that is revealed to you. Let's consider this passage again. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Oh, he gives you strength. He helps you with faithfulness and moves you to gentleness and helps us learn self-control. As I think about this passage, and I know those following in me in the notes today are like, they have no idea where I am and what I've got on my little piece of paper here. But let's, let's trust the Lord. Let's be a church to trust the Lord. Every week we have a Mission Life Challenge. Here's the challenge this week. Practice at least one spiritual discipline this week every day. Let's learn some discipline, folks. Memorize Psalm 16, 5 and 6. That's a spiritual discipline. Scripture memory. Have a quiet time every day. Have a devotional time every day. Get up 30 minutes early every day this week and say, Lord, I'm going to engage with you. Think about what you can, like I, we, we released a video on social media this week about Lent. And, and consider, consider a fast throughout this Easter season. Consider something you can give up to learn to trust the Lord. Hey, let's... Let's walk with the Lord, folks. You know, I'm learning not just to count the days of my life, but to make the days of our life count. And you know where the best way you can make the days of your life count is you walk with the Lord. Look, right now, all around us, there are fearful outlooks. But let's borrow that concept from that old preacher. 
And let's live our lives daily with an up look. Going, God, what do you have for me today? And as I think about my prayers for our PJ, from our church, that's going to be in some of the most difficult spiritual, or excuse me, difficult physical battles that our country engages in. I'm inspired by his motto, so that others may live. You realize that's our calling, right? Jesus saved us and has moved us and has taught us to trust him and is is working in us and working through us so that others may live and find Christ. Look, this, this is a passage for believers. I can't help but, whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room, for some of us, this has got to be the last day that following Jesus is mildly important for you. This has got to be the last day for that. Because when I consider a life that's in the middle of the will of God, following Christ must not ever be mildly important for us. These days are too critical. And our calling by God is too big for this to be just a part of our week. Following Jesus is everything. So how has God spoken to you today? Would you allow his spirit to move you? You may say, Chris, man, I'm struggling with continuing to obey the Lord, you realize, look around. Everybody look around this room. You realize we're in this together. You're not alone. Would you stand where you are? Father, thank you for this this incredible part of your word. Father, I pray that we would be a church that prepares our mind for action. That we would be self-controlled. That we would set our hope fully on the grace to be given to us when you are revealed. Father, as obedient children, we hear this calling. We hear this, this, this command to stop conforming to the evil desires we used to have. And I thank you, Lord, that you come and help us with this last part that just as you who called us are holy, that you help us be holy because you are holy. Ah, Lord, we love you.
and we need you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Our altars are open and we invite you.